shoulda, coulda, woulda, didn't. We've all done it. We've all told ourselves we're going to break that bad behavior or start something new, but for some reason, we just can't quite get there. Hi, it's Lisa, and this week on the Real Health for Real Life podcast, I have a guest joining me. Health coach Amanda is here to talk about how to form healthy new habits and tips on how to break the old ones. Hi, okay, welcome to this week's episode. So I have Amanda here with me. She is a health coach. So I'm just going to throw things over to you, Amanda, and you can start off with telling us a little bit about yourself, what brought you um, to becoming a health coach, and maybe just what a health coach is, just so listeners can kind of have an idea. For sure. Um, So a health coach is... I guess kind of a cross between um, a nutritionist and trainer, um, you know, somebody that supports people in creating healthier habits in their life, um, but not necessarily in the way that um, a registered dietitian would. So what I what I focus on with my clients is kind of um, meeting them where they're at and assessing that their own needs um, in their life and um, suggesting things, little changes to make that can improve their quality of life. Whether that be, um, you know, through diet, through exercise, through adding in meditation, mindfulness, kind of, you know, everything, all the habits and um things that affect our quality of life. I love that you covered everything in there, like diet, exercise, and mindfulness, because that's, that's me right now. Like I'm, I'm pretty content with my diet. I eat pretty clean. I exercise regularly, but just this past year, I want to say probably since like January, I don't want to say I had a new year's resolution, but I feel like you always want to be a little bit better and you always want to improve. And I feel like that's an aspect where I needed to improve was my mindfulness, you know, like taking the time to, to meditate, to reflect, to, just kind of slow your roll, you know, like just to take your, take a step back and be like, okay, wait a minute now, like take a breath and, you know, rather than get overwhelmed and stressed out right away. So I'm sure that's, especially with all that's going on in the world right now, I'm sure that's probably a a big one too. You know, people are coming to you like being isolated and lonely and like mental health is huge right now. So I'm sure that's um, part of your client base as well. Like you said. Absolutely. And you know, the, the stress response uh, absolutely affects our physical health as well. So, you know, I very much believe that mental health and physical health health are completely intertwined and you can't really create change with someone unless you're dealing with all aspects of a person's life and health. So that's something specifically that we do as um, health coaches um, is addressing the complete holistic person and, um, you know, the way that I like to explain that is that, you know, everything that goes on in your life affects your health. So you can be the healthiest eater there is. You can eat kale salads every day, but if you are in a relationship that's toxic, you're not going to be healthy. Or if you have a job that you hate, you are not going to be healthy. So it's really um, a lot of what I do with my clients is addressing imbalances in their life and trying to um, bring things into better balance so that they can be their best self and and, um, mindset 
and mindfulness is a huge part of that for sure. Right. I love that. I love that you brought that up because so many people, like you said, they, they eat healthy and they exercise, but yet they're like, why am I not losing weight? You know? And it's like, well, are you happy in your job? Are you happy in your relationship? You know? And like, they don't realize that that's a huge factor in, you know, the stress hormones and cortisol levels. And you know, it's a huge factor. So that's awesome. So I'm really excited that we're going to get into uh, this conversation here today. Okay, so now that we have kind of an idea of what a health coach does, um, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what made you want to do this? So my journey into health coaching actually started with um, myself and my own um, issues with chronic health. Um, and I, I have a military background. So I actually uh, joined the military when I was 19 years old, and I served in the Army for five years. And um, after a tour overseas, I uh, released from the military. And probably about a year after, I started having um, some symptoms, some digestive symptoms. And, you know, kind of like go to the doctor and get some tests done and you wait and you get referrals and you wait. And it, it's quite a long process. I think it was about two years before I actually got a diagnosis. And uh, it turned out I had an autoimmune disorder um, and it was very debilitating. I was 24 years old at the time. And, you know, I was a person who always worked out, always ate relatively healthy. And yet I was sick and my body was like basically fighting against itself. And the amount of inflammation was terrible. And I was on at at first I was on all these different medications, nothing was really mm -hmm. making the symptoms go away. And after being kind of fed up um, for a few years of, of taking a bunch of drugs that weren't helping, um, I went looking for other um, solutions and, and I started working with a naturopathic doctor. And right away she, uh, eliminated a ton of things from my diet, put me on a, um, an elimination diet, they call it actually. And so removed any inflammatory um, substances from my diet, uh, incorporated some supplements. Um, she told me right away to start meditating and, you know, learn about mindfulness and, and basically all of those things that I did, I, it, completely changed everything for me. It turned everything around very quickly. Within a, a two to three week period, I was feeling, you know, way better than I had felt in years. And, and it was just a huge um, light bulb moment for me. Like if I'm able to drastically influence my health just by making these pretty simple changes, mm -hmm. why aren't more people doing this? Why don't people know how yeah. to do this? And I saw the lack of support um, in our medical system for people that are dealing with chronic health issues. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of those patients kind of get fall through the cracks a little bit. And like I said, that two-year time period of waiting for a diagnosis and you know going to specialist to specialist, and test after test, a lot of people I find just they kind of give up. Yeah, I've heard that many times people like like you said they fall through the cracks because or they get convinced that it's all in their head because the pills aren't working or you know and they get just convinced that the doctors basically tell them there's nothing wrong with them and 
I, I'm fortunate. I've, I've never experienced anything like that, but I've heard so many stories and it just, it's, it's really, it's, it's unfortunate and it's sad. Like you shouldn't feel sick all the time. And when, you know, when you seek out help and, you know, someone says they don't know, then it's kind of sad that people just accept that, you know, it's like, no, you shouldn't feel like that, you know? And like, it's, it's nice that, and again, an unfortunate thing is, I mean, here in Canada, we are fortunate that our healthcare is covered, but to seek out naturopathic doctors, it's, it's expensive most of the time, you know, because that is an out of pocket expense. So, I mean, maybe someday that'll change, but I feel like that's a, a barrier too to a lot of people seeking help from a naturopathic doctor is just the cost of it. But yeah, absolutely. And, um, and the really, what I found in my, in my situation, like my illness is a digestive illness. And when I met with my, um, digestive specialist, I asked the question, um, would changing my diet have any effect on how I'm feeling? And he gave me, uh, just a straight no. And that didn't sit well with me. Like I remember sitting at the time, sitting there at the time thinking, how is that even a possibility that, you know, I have a digestive illness, but the things that I'm putting into my digestive system have no bearing on how I feel or my health. Yeah. So I kind of just chose not to, uh, not to listen to that (laughs) and go digging for my own answers. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say that we've talked about other things like this on this podcast. And I do, I do stress that like, not all doctors are bad. You know, there are good doctors, there's amazing doctors out there and then ones that are willing to help you, but you know, they're not, um, they're not fortune tellers, you know, they're not, you know, they're not miracle workers. They're not, you know, they, there's certain things that they just don't know either, you know, and I feel like people go to them thinking they're the end all be all when it comes to healthcare. And that if the doctor can't fix you, no one can, Absolutely. you know, but it's like, it's just because, just because a doctor can't fix you doesn't mean there aren't other options out there. You know, there's so many other very smart people in regulated health professions that just because they're not doctors doesn't mean they're not educated and doesn't mean they cannot, they can't help you, you know, naturopaths being one, you know, um, massage therapists are amazing. There's osteopaths, chiropractors, you know, like it's the, there's so many other options to healthcare other than doctors. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So that's a really amazing story. That's, um, I love how it's like you said, you know, like it's something happens to you and you're like, why don't more people know this, you know, and then you just want to share your knowledge. And I felt the same way with, um, when I first started exercising, you know, and I'm like, you feel so good after like, why don't more people do this? And, and we did talk about this earlier about, well, when I'm not on our, when we were recording, when we first had our conversation about how my favorite analogy is, um, like if your house is leaking, like if you have a leaky pipe, you don't put a bucket of water under it, you know, and just let it sit there. You want to figure out where the water's coming from. And so many people don't do that. Like you said, they go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, we don't know what's wrong with you, or it could be this. So here, take this pill and see if it helps, you know, like they don't dive deeper into what is causing the issues. They just accept the fact that they're going to be on medication the rest of their lives, which, you know, I'm, I, I'm young, I'm only 36. And I mean, I have a couple of fresh and to 36, I'm not 36 till the end of the month. <laughs> I'm still 35 for like three weeks. Um, but anyways, like I have people my age, like friends that, you know, they're, they're on medication, you know, and it's like, you're so young. Like, why are you taking medication every single day? And they just, oh, well, I have this. So, or sleeping pills, you know, I'm like, no, like that is just, do you don't want maybe figure out why you're not sleeping that great? Um, 
so that's kind of where it picks up. That would probably be, that's my next question to you is your client base. Like these are probably people that would come to you, right. Or people that had, um, are still looking for more answers, you know, that maybe are on certain medications or, you know, like I said, perfect example, having trouble sleeping and they can't figure out why, like, are those people that come to you? Like what kind of client base do you have? Yeah. So I find that a lot of my client base is just people who are a lot like me. Um, I'm a mom and I'm busy and, uh, you know, I don't always make perfect decisions when mm -hmm. it comes to what I'm eating or, you know, what I'm doing. And um, those are the people that that resonate with me because that's who I am. And I, I find a lot of the people that I work with, yeah, they might have, you know, other, um, other health issues. A lot of it is um, just not knowing what to do. And that's one of the things, too, with our our culture right now is there's so much information out there there's mm -hmm. so much misinformation out yes. there and uh that's one of the things in the program that i took uh my health coaching certification program they talk about that and they talk about how there are hundreds if not thousands of dietary theories out there and everybody claims that their theirs is the one. Oh yeah right and um, and how could that possibly be the case? How can, how can everybody claim to have the thing, yeah. you know, that's yeah. gonna, and, and what it boils down to is there is no one thing. Yeah. There's no magic pill. No. And yeah. there's no one size fits all. Yeah. And every, um, you know, my, my certification program teaches the concept of bio-individuality. So one person's, the, the food that one person thrives on might be, uh, detrimental to another person. Mm -hmm. So it's about learning to uh, tap into your own kind of inner knowledge and figure out what works for your body, what supports your body. And, you know, there's different tools we can use to do that, whether it's figuring out um, food sensitivities or intolerances or, um, you know, what works. The same thing with exercise, what works for one person yeah. might not work for the next person. And and so treating a person like a whole person and an individual person and not just, um, you know, prescribing a one size fits all solution, I think is really what it boils down to. Yeah. I love that. And like you said, like my favorite saying, you know, like there's no magic pill, you know, and so many people out there, they want that magic pill, you know, they want to, you know, take this and they'll lose the weight or take this and feel better or, and it's just funny how a lot of people, they want that, but they're not willing to put the work in. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, and it's just, there is no, like, there's, you know, it's just, it's not going to happen. That's not how it works. You know, like if you want, and like you mentioned the elimination diet that you went on, like, those are a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Like I've never had to go on one thing. Thank you. But I've no people that did. And you basically, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you basically eat very limited foods for X amount of time and then you gradually reintroduce things. Like you cut out the main allergen, soy, eggs, dairy, gluten, things like that, right? And then you can slowly reintroduce them. Like I had even um, a family member actually went on one and she had found such a hard time because she couldn't have garlic. Mm -hmm. It was no garlic, no onions, and I can't remember any like those inflammatory foods. And I think it was, I think she went seven days at a time, seven or maybe even 10 days at a time. And, oh, she struggled. Like, you know, she's like, take away chocolate, take away sugar, take away like alcohol. I don't care. She goes, but not my garlic and onions, you know, like she had such a hard time with that. But, 
anyways, but so many people aren't willing to do that work, right? They're not willing to put the effort in to, to make themselves better, which is an, also a huge factor. And I think why a lot of people are just accepting the fact that it is what it is. And they would sooner take the pill because they don't want to put the effort into to the work, what it takes. Absolutely. And that brings up another, another issue that I deal with, with my clients, which has to do with your, um, your relationship with food. Everybody has a mm-hmm. different relationship with food based on how they were raised, you know, lots of different factors, but, um, that so, so much of us get enjoyment from food and a lot of us lean on food as a crutch. Yep. And so that idea of, yeah, doing something severe, like an elimination diet, like when I did my elimination diet, I basically ate homemade chicken and brown rice soup for three months. So that sort of um, protocol is, you know, like it's extreme. It's, it was difficult, but uh, at the time I was, feeling so horrible that I would have literally eaten anything that my naturopath told me to eat, you know? Yeah, exactly. You just wanted to feel better. At that I just time. wanted to feel better. And I would have done absolutely anything. And because that's the point that I was at, but like you said, not everybody is at that point. And quite often people are looking for the path of least resistance, looking for the least work to put in. So, yeah. um, and then if they're not getting that direction from their doctors and the doctors, you know, if, if you walk in and see a doctor and they say, okay, you can do this intensive diet protocol, completely change your eating habits, start meditating, get more sleep, take these supplements, go for a walk every day, get some time in nature, or you can take this anti-inflammatory. Yep. You know, what do you think people are going to choose? Exactly. They're going to take the easy way. The path, <laughs> like you said, the path of least resistance are going to go with the, the easiest, uh, the easy way out. They're not going to put the work in. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we've got a little off topic there. Okay. Oh, my question, the client base that you had. Um, so you were saying, so like the, the people that are coming to you, like you said, you're treating them more as a whole as opposed to um one thing and like i said i'm a mom myself you know and we're busy and we got a lot going on um but i love that like again i love your holistic approach how everything all ties together and how you treat them all as a whole um so yeah i can't like i said i can't remember where we're going with this but that's that's where we started was your client base um so you said you mostly women i guess would be your client base do you have men at all like I have worked with men. Um, I tend to find that women gravitate toward me, just the type of person that I am and uh, my energy, I think just yeah. kind of attracts women. And that's totally fine with me because I like I like yeah. working with women. Yep. I can relate to women. And it's usually like moms that are you know going through similar things and yep. I can relate to the, the busy pace of life and the stress and, and all of those things that are going on, like you said, looking at them as a, a whole person, not just a set of symptoms. Yeah. Same here. I feel like even with my training business, it's, it's mostly women because again, I'm just, you can relate more with them, right? You can, and, and I feel like they feel more comfortable coming to a person that can relate, you know, like a lot of my clients are same thing. They're moms that are struggling, that are busy, you know, because they come to me because they're like, Hey, you're a mom. You look good you know, I want to be like you, you know, and that's why they come. Right. So, I mean, I think that's awesome that you've had that experience yourself with the whole autoimmune thing. So people, you mm-hmm. can relate to these people that are coming to you, um, for help. So let's talk, let's talk habits. 
that's what I mentioned in the intro and what we kind of discussed that the topic would be. Um, so yeah, like healthy habits and how do we form them? I'll let you take that from, take it from here. Yeah. So when I start working with a new client, what I usually do is ask them, what are the top three things that you could change right now or do in your life that is going to positively impact your health? And people can tell you without hesitation, you know, they know, well, I'm not really getting enough sleep. I need to manage my stress levels. And I usually, you know, forget to drink water. It, they, they know, they know what they can, what they should be doing, but there's a disconnect between knowing what they should be doing and doing it. And so that's kind of what my health coaching service provides is that bridging that gap between knowing what to do and doing it. So I think that um, accountability is a huge part of that. Just having somebody to um, check in with you every week and ask you the question, you know, if you're, if you're slacking on your water intake, but you know your coach is going to ask you at the end of the week, how is your water intake? You're, you're going to be more likely to yeah. drink your water. Yeah. So I think that's a huge part of it. Um, like I said earlier, the um, cutting through the misinformation and having a little more guidance and knowing, okay, yeah, this is what I should be doing instead of listening to listening to a bunch of you know contradictory information is yep. huge. And I think also the biggest one of the biggest pieces is just having support from somebody. And so I have clients all the time that will have days that are, you know, they don't they have a bad day. And they fall off of their habits because we all do that, right? And I think we can get stuck in our head and we we have a day where we fall off those habits. And then you can have all of those, you know, negative self-talk things that come into your brain that tell you, who are you to do this? I knew you were going to fail, you know, and yeah. you're going to fail like every other attempt. You, you can't do this. You're too busy. You have too much on the go right now. Why did you even think you could do this? All these things come into our brain and and that's honestly what I do most with my my clients is coaching them through those moments and and saying like this is just a bad day you know we start fresh tomorrow you can make different choices tomorrow let's let that go and not let that you know ruin our week or our month or our year yeah and uh, that support allows people to move forward instead of the all or nothing start and stop yeah. mentality. Yeah. I love that too. Like the, like I said, the negative self-talk, you know, and I tell my clients that too. I'm like, if you talked to anybody else, the way you talk to yourself, you wouldn't have very many friends <laughs> because so right. many people are so negative on themselves or like, you know, I get asked all the time, like, Oh, or, you know, Oh, this weekend I went to camp and I ate the chips and I drank the beer and then we had the ice cream and like, well, what do I do now? You know, I'm like, you do what you normally do. You know, you make the healthy lunch, you eat the vegetables, you drink the water, you do the exercise, you know, like you can't belittle yourself or berate yourself. Like I said, what happens, it's done, it's done, it's in the past. You got to move on and keep going or start fresh, you know? And like, you know, if you're, if you're tired of starting over, stop quitting kind of thing, right? Like, and you can't look at it as a little hiccup or a slip up as, oh, I have to start all over again. It's like, no, like you come so far and everybody's going to have those bumps in the roads, those hiccups, you know? And um, 
I get that all too going back to, you know, habits, you know, and people, you know, they start a healthy habit and they do it for, you know, three, 10, 12, however many days, weeks, months, you know, and then, you know, they're like, I'm really good. I've been working out, you know, 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, you know, three days a week for so long. And then they go on one holiday and they're like, well, I'm back to the beginning. I'm like, no, you're not like, you've been doing it for six months. You're not starting again. You're just going to keep going, you know? And I feel as I'm sure it's the same with your business too. Like you have a lot of people that, um, I don't want to say give up, but like you said, they have a little hiccup or a bump in the road or a bad week, you know, and they feel like they need to start over again. Yeah. And if you have lack of support, it can be so easy mm-hmm. to listen to those voices that come into your head yep. and, and, you know, give them the power and then you're, you're done, you're sunk. Yeah. But by having someone in your corner, that's going to check in on you and support you and cheer mm-hmm. you on and celebrate your wins. That's another huge thing too. I'm sure you find this in your yes. business. Uh, people don't, don't celebrate their wins enough. No, they don't. It's not natural to cheer yourself on and be like, look at me. Yeah. Like, look at what I did. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're right. It's not. And you know what? And it's funny because I, I feel myself, I'm that person, you know, I'm not a very, uh, I'm a total introvert, but like here with my podcast, but, um, it's yeah. Like you don't, and I feel like too, it's, um, it's small steps. It's the little things. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't, yeah, you know what? You might not have, you know, lost the 50 pounds you wanted to lose, but you can walk up a flight of stairs and not get winded. Amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, like let's celebrate that, you know, and it's just the little things like the, again, in my line of work, it's more, I call them non-scale victories because people focus so much on the scale and it's not about the scale. Like, like I said, can you, you walk up a flight of stairs without, you took the stairs at work instead of the elevator, you know, you, you finished the water, you know, it's, it's the little things. And I think that's what, going back to our topic of habits, that's how you form habits. It's baby steps, right? Like, you know, um, a smoker is not going to quit cold Turkey, right? No one expects a smoker to quit cold Turkey. So why do people expect, um, you know, when it comes to like diet or nutrition or, you know, like mental health, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, no one's going to make a, a pack a day smoker all of a sudden give it up. So how can you expect someone that's never meditated before to all of a sudden meditate an hour a day? You know, yeah. it, it's just not going to happen. Right. So it's just like to set those, to get that, to get that habit in, give yourself a, you know, one minute a day, you know, mm-hmm. two minutes a day, like you start really small and then the habit will form and you'll realize how good you'll feel after and then eventually you'll grow to that 5, 10, 15 minute mark, whatever it is you're aiming for. Yes. And I also think that the, the way that we frame these new habits in our brain uh, is huge too, because quite often I think people will talk about incorporating a new habit, like drinking more water or eating more greens or exercising, and they view it as a chore. Yes. And if you're viewing it as a chore, then it's like, you know, I roll, ugh. Yeah, I have to do this. But uh, I, I find what really works is to prioritize those habits by scheduling them into your day. Yeah. So, you know, I encourage my clients to goal set every weekend. I like to set my goals on Sundays. I have that in my calendar. My, my goal setting pops up, you know, with an alert on Sundays to tell me that it's time to set my goals. And I'll set my goals for the week. And... Uh, I will then take those goals and those um, habits that I want to incorporate into that week and I will put them in my schedule and I'll have, you know, an alarm that pops up and tells me that, you know, it's time to meditate and that it's time to drink water and that it's time to exercise. And 
by doing that, you, you make them a priority and not a chore. Yeah. I love that you said that because the episode I just launched last week was exactly that. And I do exactly the same thing. I have a paper and pen planner and I write it all down. And like the one example that I used was like, my goal was, you know, just even spend more time with your kids. I schedule, like we schedule a game night, like Mm -hmm. family game night or family movie or like family walk, go to the park. Like I, like it sounds silly, but I write it down, you know, and I schedule it. Like I schedule my FaceTime calls with my friends. I schedule, you know, like, cause if you don't, if you don't book it, it doesn't happen, yep. you know? And so I'm like, I write everything down and I, oh, I love them. Such a similar mindset, but yeah. Like, <laughs> I love and, that too. Yeah. And like I said, I have my, my, again, my episode from last week, I have my short-term goals and long-term goals, right? So I have goals that I want to complete in the next day, week, month, whatever. But then I also have, like goals at a year from now where I want to be, you know, but it's, um, I like how well goals and habits, they're not, they're not interchangeable, but I love how it's kind of the similar process to get there, you know, like start small, you know, and work your way up. And the same thing is if, you know, if you want to cut out a bad habit, like say you're a smoker, right? Well, you know, again, no one's going to ask you to give, if you're a pack a day, no one's going to ask you to give up a pack. So can you give up one? you know, and then, well, maybe can you give up too? Like I gave the example of my cups of coffee, right? Like I'm not going to quit altogether, but I'll cut out that, that cup after, you know, like my, my third cup and I've successfully cut it out, you know? So now maybe this week, my goal will be to cut out that second cup and I'll go down to one cup of coffee. So I like how it's to do a positive thing in your life versus, I mean, quitting a bad habit is a positive thing and setting a new habit is a positive thing as well, but it's kind of the same process to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of like the way I look at it is um, when you're incorporating these new habits, you're you're building a new life for yourself. You're becoming, I mean, we are a product of our habits and routines. Mm-hmm. And so every time that you decide to incorporate a new habit and, you know, it takes time, first of all, to for a habit to become a habit. Like they say, I think they say 21 days it's before a, yeah. something becomes a habit. Um, but every time that you incorporate one of those new things, like that is, that is the next version of you. You are creating the next version that you want to be. And when you look at it that way, it's uh, a lot more, I don't know, positive, more manageable to to think of than, you know, this chore that you have to do, especially, or if it's because somebody told you to do it because a doctor told you, you need to do this and you shouldn't eat this or. Yeah. And I feel like, um, which is going back to like the, the cost thing, right? You know what I mean? Like it's, and I feel like in a way that's almost even more motivating for a person because you go to a doctor, the elimination diet, for example, you know, I mean, you go to a doctor that again, in Canada, it's our healthcare is paid for and they give you a piece of paper and say, don't eat these foods, you know, like, well, you you know, like what are the odds are going to do it? Right. Whereas if someone puts out the money out of pocket it's an investment in themselves, you know, and they are, I feel like they would be way more likely to participate in whatever, um, I don't want to say gets thrown at them, whatever gets recommended to them because they're making that investment in themselves. And I just kind of want to stress that as well. Like, um, people might not want to spend the money because healthcare in Canada is free and they might not want to spend the healthcare, the, the money on alternative options, but I can't stress that enough that same thing, personal training, you're making an investment in yourself, you know, and you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, like you can't take care of others. If you, if you're not taking care of yourself, um, 
again, another of my favorite saying is when you're on the airplane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on before helping others, you know? So, and I mean, and sometimes, you know, again, moms, you have that mom guilt because, um, again, to make the investment and spend the money, but you wouldn't think twice if your son, daughter was an all-star, um, hockey player or a dancer or even a scholar at school, you know, and they wanted that extra coach or that extra tutor or that extra piano lesson or whatever, you wouldn't think twice about shelling out the money for it, you know, but yet when it comes to ourselves, so many people are so hesitant to make that investment. Yeah. And I am a firm believer when it comes to health, long-term health, that it's pay now or pay later. Yeah. You know, it's, you make the investment now, you create these habits. Now you learn and get the guidance from people who know now, or you're, you're being reactive later Mm -hmm. and you're, you're ending up with illnesses. And then you're, you know, I, I can speak from personal experience when I say that part's not fun. Yeah. You know, it's much better to do it proactively than it is to react to an illness. Oh yeah. I can imagine. So I really like that pay now, pay later analogy that you made, because it's so true. Like you pay now financially a little bit, but then in the long run, you're ended up um, paying physically later on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot, in my opinion, it's a lot easier to be proactive and invest in your health from the get go than to be reactive and try to um, recuperate from whatever illness, you know, comes up for you. Yeah. Because I like what you said too about how like no one's making you do this and how people almost get angry at themselves because like you said, it's a chore, but like, um, like you have a choice, right? Like it's, you're choosing to, to, to do something you're choosing to, or choosing not to do something, right? Like it's your own choice. Like you need to own that decision. Absolutely. And I think that, um, I think that beating yourself up about making a choice that maybe was not the greatest choice. I think that's more detrimental than the actual choice itself. You know, if you um, indulge in something, you you're craving something, you have chocolate, you have ice cream, you have an extra cup of coffee. Um, I think that the mindset of I did something wrong, I ate something bad. I'm, you know, I'm so mad at myself for making this decision. I believe that that energy is way more harmful than you know, to your body than the actual food, the actual indulgence. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that I teach my clients is to own your choices and to, um, you know, move on from there. If you decide that you're going to indulge on the weekend and, you know, have something that you wouldn't normally eat, fine, do it, own it and move on. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And, and that's how, again, just bringing back to real health for real life, you know, and it's, that's just it, like, no one's gonna be perfect 100% of the time, you know what I mean, people, you're gonna have the, the piece of cake at a kid's birthday party, or you're gonna, you know, steal one of your kids McDonald's fries when you take them through the drive through, you know, like, no one's perfect 100% of the time. And so you can't, beat yourself up for not being perfect 100% of the time. No one's perfect. No. You know, and it's just, like I said, people get so um, frustrated and discouraged, but to be healthy, you don't need to be 100% perfect. You just need to, like you said, own your decisions and do the best you can to find the best version that works for you. You know, like mm-hmm. your healthy might not be my healthy, might not be, you know, your client's healthy or Sally down the street's healthy, you know, like healthy is such a broad spectrum, you know, and people have this image in their head of what 
health is, you know, and it's the Instagram model, it's the jacked bodybuilder, you know, and it's like, you know, and I've seen, I've seen both, you know, I've seen people that don't have the most perfect body for bathing suit season, but yet they're happy. They're not, they handle their stress. Well, they drink water, you know, they eat right. You know, maybe they indulge a little bit more than they should or something is going on, but you know, they're, they're healthy. And I've seen, you know, these jacked bodybuilders that, you know, aren't sleeping at night are dehydrated. So they keep their definition, you know, are eating nothing but, you know, super lean proteins and are popping all the supplements in the world, you know, like to me, that's not a definition of health, but, and it's, it's just so funny how like that's what's perceived in today's society as, as healthy. But when you dig deep, it's really not. Yeah. And it's interesting how uh, you can get those extremes. Like you said, in a person you can get, um, you know, there are people that work out every day Mm -hmm. that are unhealthy and have an unhealthy relationship with the gym. Yep. You know, they're using that as a coping mechanism. They're using that to avoid other things in their life that are uncomfortable. They're using that to avoid dealing with their emotions Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe instead of seeking therapy and, and talking through things, they're just, you know, obsessively working out. So it doesn't, yeah, it's the connotation around it. It doesn't mean just because you work out seven days a week doesn't make you healthy. Yeah, exactly. It's funny how a lot of people don't realize that how um, health, quote unquote, healthy habits can be unhealthy, you know, like every, like, I mean, I'm a big believer of everything in moderation, you know, and like you said, is these people that are perceived as super healthy, they think, oh, well, they go to the gym all the time. It's like, but no, but that's, that's their version of an unhealthy habit. You know, it's a little more obvious. I shouldn't even say obvious. That's not the right word, but like, um, like an alcoholic, for example, you know, like you said, your clients come to you and they know what they need to do. So I would think most people know that, you know, excessive drinking is not good for you, you know, but yet, so everybody perceives that as such a bad habit, but yet excessive working out isn't seen as a bad habit. Right. You know, and it's just funny how, how the, they, they don't really go hand in hand, but it's funny how people don't realize again. And that's just going back to the whole, like someone else is healthy is not your healthy. Like you can't look at someone else and be like, I want to be like them, you know? And it's, I mean, I shouldn't say that you can, you know, thrive and like to, to be like someone else, but what they did to get there might not be what you need to do to get there. Yeah. Okay. So kind of, we're going to try and wrap things up here a little bit, but again, going with real health for real life, um, ways to incorporate what we talked about into your everybody's busy lifestyle. Right. And I mean, I've talked about this before on the podcast and it's the number one excuse we get is I don't have time and it drives me bananas. Um, Especially when people are like, Oh, well, Lisa, how do you find the time? I'm like, no, I don't find the time. I make the time, mm-hmm. you know, you, I have this, you have the same 24 hours in the day that I do. I choose to do a, B and C with them. You know, you choose to do, you know, one, two, three with them, you know? And it's just, again, it's all about the choices that you make to, um, to incorporate these things into your life. Yes. And I think that the people that use time as an excuse are doing one, uh, of these three things, or maybe all of these three things, I think failing to plan, um, so failing to set goals and have any trajectory toward, you know, what they actually want to accomplish. I think that's step one. Um, Like you said, not making time for 
the important things for mm -hmm. those reaching those goals and setting a plan in motion, like I suggested by scheduling into your calendar. And the third thing is the uh, time wasters. I think that everybody needs to figure out what their time wasters yes. are. Um, I would say for most of humanity at the moment it's you know the devices that we carry in our pocket yep <laughs> and i'm just as guilty as anyone else because if i go and look at my screen time for the day you know i can have accomplished nothing and still have been on my phone for five hours so uh i don't know about you but my workout routine takes me about 45 minutes a day and uh if i have five hours on social media like i have time for, oh for yeah that isn't that an eye-opener i got i mean i got my phone i've had it a couple of years now but my old phone didn't have that feature like it was because like some people get new phones like every other day like i hold <laughs> on to them like my phone is it's old so anyways the phone i had before was even older but when i got this one it had that feature and it automatically popped up like i got a notification every week you know what an eye-opener you know and i was like <laughs> i had no idea i was on my phone for two hours a day or three hours a day or you know like i'm like hours really you know mm -hmm. and it's anyways so i really recommend anybody to turn that feature on mm -hmm. for sure and that can be if you don't have it on your phone turn it on because that is such an eye-opener or like um we got my kids ipads for christmas uh like not this pastors but the christmas before and the parental controls are insane you know what you can set and i don't get me wrong i'm loving every minute of it you know especially with the internet what it is these days you know i love having that but i'm like you know set the control for yourself you know mm -hmm. go into your phone and set the controls that you can only be on facebook for an hour or instagram for half an hour or whatever you want to do right and like if those are your time wasters i like how you said that yeah and sometimes it can be just um like doing like a self audit of how you spend your time mm -hmm. like one of them looking at your your time on your device that is usually a huge eye opener and 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 it'll put anybody in check and they'll oh, yeah. it'll eliminate the time um excuse right away yeah uh but also like thinking about okay are you a person who say unwinds by watching two hours of tv in the evening mm -hmm. and okay that maybe that's your um your daily habit but what if you cut that down to one hour and you went for a walk for the other hour. Do you know how that would add up yeah. in even a month of making that one hour a priority to go for a walk versus watching TV? Yeah. And I love to, um, now like I do, I, I enjoy, I love getting outside. I love going for walks and for me, audiobooks and podcasts have been a game changer. I just, you know, and you can just put your headphones in and you, instead of, um, I've had some really good audiobooks lately and I just, I love it because someone's telling you it like I mostly nonfiction, but there's fiction ones there. Someone can tell you a story while you walk. So, you know, if, if giving up that hour of TV is really hard, well download a book and you're getting told a story while you walk, you know, it kind of, you're still using a device. Yes. And you're still getting the technology aspect of it, but at least you're outside, you're in nature and it makes it a little more enjoyable for you. If you don't want to just go in silence or if you don't have anybody else to go with, right. That's probably the ultimate is to have someone to go with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So yeah. So just in conclusion for today's episode, um, to incorporate these healthy habits into your real life, just another quick little summary, um, start small, you know, you can't Rome wasn't built in the day, you know, set small goals for yourself and celebrate your wins when you achieve them. Uh, scheduling is key as well. Um, what am I forgetting? 
Um, what else did we say? Um, figuring out your time wasters. Yes. That's, that's probably the best place to start, you know, and, and then figuring out where you can have the time to incorporate these new habits that you want to incorporate, whether it be drinking more water or eating more greens, you know, um, again, so planning, I have a whole episode failing to plan is planning to fail, you know? And so that is huge. So those are just ways to incorporate, um, uh, these new healthy habits or quit the old ones. Same thing, you know, start small, don't go cold Turkey, slowly reduce whatever it is you want to reduce or slowly increase whatever it is you want to increase. Um, habits take time. And again, don't berate yourself or belittle yourself if you do slip up because we all do. And it happens to all of us. Yeah. I always tell my clients that we're aiming for consistency, not perfection. Yes. Pro progress, not perfection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Consistency over time equals results for sure. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming out and being here with me and reaching out. Um, I love talking to like-minded individuals and it's always a pleasure meeting somebody new. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, let's tell listeners where they can find you if they want more information. Yeah. So they can find me on um, Instagram or on Facebook. Um, I go by the tag high vibe living. That's the name of my coaching uh, service. And um yeah, they can reach out through either of those channels. Perfect. I will, um, I'll put links on my Facebook page as well as my Instagram. Um, I can tag you in that stuff. So that way, if you want to find her, um, you guys can find her off of my Instagram or Facebook as well. Real Health for Real Life podcast. Um, yeah, so that's about it. Thanks again for listening. If there's any questions or concerns, comments, as always, reach out on Facebook and Instagram. Or if you want to find more information, it will be there for you guys. So again, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me.